Hey, hey, everybody, you're listening to the Over My Dad podcast, produced by Launchpad 516 Studios with the do-gooder dads, me, George Andriopoulos. And me, Dave Thompson. We got periodic guests, great conversations, and of course, some dad jokes here and there. Dads and non-dads, welcome to our movement towards nothing in particular. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. Stay tuned for further instructions. Hey, hey, everybody. What's the January equivalent of hey, hey, everybody? You got me on ho, ho, everybody last month. Yeah, I'm not going to top. I'm not going to top that. That's like an (laughs) annual thing, unfortunately. (laughs) Welcome to the Over My Dad podcast, everybody. Hello, Dave. Hello, Georgie. Back at it again. Good to see you, as always. Back at it. Yeah, as always, man. I'm excited to hop on today. I'm going to say I'm pretty beat up. Let's... Get this music down here. Pretty Why, do beat up, but couple, I'm. Do you have a couple things going on? Just a couple of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> when do I not have things going on? I know. Um, it's yeah, it's. Uh, oh my god, it's been a a, a really crazy time. So, um, the last few months, I have gone into like construction mode in my off time. So basically, long story short, is my. Um, my in-laws, my, my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law bought the house next door to us, um, which is a great move, right? Uh, and we could be yeah. close to my mother-in-law now that my, my father-in-law is gone and, uh, you know, keep an eye on her and everything. But we're trying to, like, really, really do this upright for, for my mother-in-law so she feels super comfortable and everything. So a lot of, a lot of um, renos going on next door. Renos. That's what we call it in the biz, Dave. Wow. Renos. Yeah. Um, you're, so, you're a renaissance, you're a renaissance man, dude. Like you, you actually, like I, I use like a screwdriver a little bit and a hammer sometimes. Uh, I put out the recycling by myself. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually in like Facebook groups, like D- DIY dads. And I just go in and I'm like, is this normal all the time uh, <laughs> as like a new homeowner? That's very cool that you're, that you're doing it up like that. You know, I never really, I, I was never actually trained in this stuff. I just, uh, I picked it up along the way. I would like watch when stuff was getting worked on in my house. And I remember way back in, in my first house, um, I like had to build an apartment in it when I bought it. Like that was like, you know, you're young and you could barely afford the house and the mortgage and everything. And I'm like, I need to have an apartment to rent out in the house. So that was like the first thing I did. And I remember like it was the first time I ever tiled a floor and built framed out rooms myself. So yeah, I'm picking it up along the way over the last couple of years. But this project is like, massive dude like totally massive i mean like it's a it's a split level house on long island so for those that know what that looks like it's basically four the, levels the, the split level house on the long split island, level right. yeah it's basically right, like right. four levels there's a, a real first and second floor and then there's like a den level and mm-hmm. uh, and a basement level so we're kind of splitting it in half and my, my mother-in-law has the lower half and my sister-in-law has the higher half and um yeah, I've been sort of like not only GCing for that that's general contracting, general contracting, general co- contractoring, contract contracting. I just ruined that word in my head. That ru- that you word is done. You got it. Yeah, I've been GCing as we as we call it in the biz again. So I I don't mean to hit you with all this lingo, Dave, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm picking it up. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I've been I've been GCing this, but you know the stuff that I can do, which by the way is I won't really touch electric. I don't I don't f with that, as they say. Um, plumbing is is not my thing, but you know framing and sheetrocking and designing and the whole deal. Um, so I've been doing like little by little over the last few months, but we're in like crunch time right now, man. Like she is literally moving in next Friday, a week from oh, wow. a week from it's nine days away that she's moving in. So um, we're in crunch time right now. So what's funny about this to me is that when I was like, oh, you don't have a lot going on. I wasn't even thinking about this whole project. I was thinking about 
about a dozen other things that I'm yeah. either involved in with you or not involved in with you, whether they're very personal or professional or whatever that you have going on that mean that you're extremely busy. So to add that. <laughs> I added that, yeah. Like, that's like probably the last the, that's probably the one of the least important things you have going on. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And besides just taking care of yourself, taking care of your family. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I gotta it's say it's been year. fun though. It's, I, I don't want to call it mindless work because it, it, it's fun to me because there is a lot of problem solving involved, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in building and designing, but like, it's, it's like fun to be able to just get out of the office and, and do that. Like I literally took off yesterday and most of, uh, Monday, I'm okay um, to to work there, and I've been there till like midnight, getting up at five in the morning, getting there, and you know we got it done before this call. By the way, I was there for four hours this morning already. Nice. <laughs> it you know it's it's satisfying to have like a a solid concrete like beginning, middle, end, like to reach a goal to yeah. see it come to fruition. I've been up for four hours or so. Also, wait, I I've been going to the gym at four thirty in the morning. Uh, four days a week. So I'm building something else, George. Um, <laughs> You're building which, that dad bod. Which is exciting. My shirt actually says indestructible working class, which is so not true at all. <laughs> I, sit at, I sit at a desk all day. That's stolen valor. Like, right. Like I said, though, I'm, I'm, I'm working on building something else. I'm over my dad bod. Cast. Cast. <laughs> um, Wait, so you're undad bodding. I mean, you could, you could be, you could have a good bod and be a dad bod. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script. You know what I'm saying? I got I got. Smell what and, and and what's interesting is like like I've said, I, I live in like a, a military town. So I mean, it's just different in the South. Like the attitude in New York, walking around the gym is like people like strutting and like you know like they they do their hair before they go to the gym and stuff. This place is like all business. Like these are the guys I want to be working out with. It's like yeah, I, I'm scared to ask them how to do things correctly. Like I'm watching them. Getting to know them a little bit, but uh, they the gym is surprisingly a little bit crowded at four thirty in the morning wow. because they all have to like report to I don't know the mess hall or something at five. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't really understand it. <laughs> but uh, these these guys are serious. It's very very cool. I got a body scan done the other day, which is oh. like they they made me into like a three D avatar and told me like all my percentages and everything, which is cool. So I look forward to. Uh, I'm not going to update you on. I'm not going to share my avatar with everybody but uh i'll i'll probably be uh hopefully be using this as you as my accountability buddy on here as i kind of get too big for this screen we're gonna have to like widen my shot so yeah i'm not gonna be able to fit through doorways so. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll be your accountability guy i have no interest <laughs> in one of those scans of my own this is information i do not need to know about myself i'm i'm all good <laughs> i'm all good with knowing that uh the numbers are probably very not where I want them to be, but as long as I don't know, it's it's kind of blissful ignorance, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and you you still you still got the little Peloton bike, don't you? I do actually. I've been, uh, you know, it's funny. I've, I've been talking to a couple of guys about this my age um, about this work. I have I have all this work on the house. It, we're in crunch time right now because I have not been. I don't want to say holding myself accountable. I have not been coming through with my own goals with work on the house because, you know, obviously I'm busy. I'm running a couple of businesses and my family and all all this stuff. And so it's like weekends and nights and I'm trying to get there, but I'm trying not to take away family time. But I'll have a weekend where nothing's going on. The kids are busy and no work going on. And I'm like, all right, after work Friday, Mm -hmm. all night, and then Saturday, Sunday, all day, I'm going to, this is where I'll be by the end of the, by the end of the weekend, and I'm like, we're gonna do this, and then I'll go there Friday and I'll bang out work, and like, I'll be so proud of myself. And then Saturday morning, I'm done. Like my body, it's not even soreness. It's like, you physically don't have the ability to do that work again that day. Oh, yeah. Whereas, and it's depressing because like, ten years ago, twenty years ago, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like. This is this would have been like night after night after night for weeks and weeks and weeks, no problem. I could have worked all day and then been there till two in the morning every day, no problem. But and so I thought this was like a permanent change. I'm like, this is this is it. Like I can't I can't do heavy work anymore. But like this past week, I've really had to push through. 
You powered through. I powered through, and now I'm on the other side. Now it's like yeah. I'm, I'm only sleeping for the past week, maybe like four, four or five hours. They are very restful sleeps. Like it's weird how well rested I am. Like, and I'll wake up like the other day, right? I finished up at like 11:30 at night. Came home, hung out with Colleen for a little bit, had a snack, fell asleep on the couch. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to use the bathroom. I went to bed, and 20 minutes later, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like, I am completely well-rested. Let me just, so I got dressed by five o'clock. I was next door, and by the time I had to go to the office, I had already done four hours of work, you know? Yeah, dude. It was crazy, and I'm feeling good now. I'm, you know, all the soreness is gone. Like I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of core strength back again. You know, the stuff I do in the gym, whether it's Peloton or treadmill, I'm just trying to keep moving. You know, yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. to keep the weight off. But it's different to like start building that core strength again. You know. No, and it's it, 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 it's all connected, and it's like a, it's a momentum thing. I mean, we're probably like the last people that should be talking about this because I don't know. Maybe we should bring on a dad bod expert. But yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy how much your body changes whether you want it to or not and how the di- the difference between getting a four four hours of sleep when i was 25 versus 35 is like way way different yeah. but, but i've seen amazing amazing turnarounds um so it, it's it's going to be exciting to see where it goes but i'm sure yeah and that kind of work you don't even have to go to the gym if you're doing that kind of work george that's like so cool yeah yeah no i'm i'm, I'm like I'm happy. I'm I'm almost like sad to see it go like next week because we're done by the end of the next week and it'll be over and I gotta just get back to the gym well, and, and start doing heavy stuff. But you have some other you again. You have some other things going on. Would you like to share anything with the class? <laughs> I would. I would. In fact, I would. We actually just uh, we really just shared this publicly right about right around New Year's. Um, but. The, the missus and I and our family, we are expecting a new addition on May 11th of this year. Baby girl number three, child number four. DJ Khaled would say, another one. Another one. Another one. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, my I said to George, like, dude, you're building an army. I'm still like my head's still spinning from processing the fact that he had a baby last year. And now he's turning around with this one. I'm so stoked for you, dude. It's, yeah, it's thanks, bro. Incredible. We're super excited. Yeah. We're uh, this one's been like chill, right? Because uh, we kind of we didn't even tell family until i think what, what what's the thing now people usually wait till like 12 weeks i think right mm-hmm. like that's that's safe back i think when i was younger like when mia my first daughter was born i think the norm back then was like all right eight weeks minimum you gotta wait eight mm-hmm. weeks uh, and you know it's your first kid you're excited to tell everybody mm-hmm. so um i remember with johnny we waited 12 weeks my ex-wife and i and now uh Joanna was kind of, you know, right around there, 12, 13 weeks. But this one was yeah. like, we didn't really tell anybody until like 15, 16 weeks. We were like four months in already at that well, point. Your, Chris, your, your Christmas cards were amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we, I wanted to do, yeah, so for those that uh, uh, they can't see that, well, I don't have it on screen. But our first announcement, like our social media announcement for when my daughter Joanna was born a year and a half ago was basically uh, – Myself, my wife, and my two older kids outside of my house, palm face, um, and it was well, something like we're about to be outnumbered or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, no, we were palm face, and the kids were like pointing, like devilishly laughing at us. So the go. this one was, uh, yeah, all of us around the Christmas tree, palm face, including the baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> palm face. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, that was awesome. That was photoshopped, by the way. <laughs> we could not get it upon face. <laughs> yeah, I, I I figured as much. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, so we're excited, one... dude. We we uh we, we got a lot going on, but th- but it's been pretty like chill. We've just had so much happening anyway that we were just kind of like, yeah, another baby. <laughs> it's all yeah. good. I not to get like too personal, but I think the age gap in your kids is so cool because like you know to to be able to have your older ones kind of be really like mentor figures and, and childcare providers <laughs> to your younger ones is going to be really, really beneficial. It's kind of old school. I love it. It's, it's uh, inspiring to me not to do too much foreshadowing, but like, you know, 
my kid would be at least five before we had another one. So, yeah. um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll happen. Hey, awesome. I was going to ask you, by the way, where do babies come from? Or maybe uh, that'll be another episode. Yeah, let's wait on that. When How does older. all that work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when, when, when you're older. Um, it, it would be interesting to kind of flip this and, and do, uh, it, it's always like, who's your audience, right? And like, like our audience is like whoever, but it's adults, right? But it would be interesting to have some outward facing messaging towards kids. Uh, what, what, do, what do parents besides your parents want to tell you? Uh, right. Just an interesting thought. Um, speaking of, I have something to show you. Yeah. Um, I, I talk about my kid a lot um, on the show. She is, you know, Priscilla and I's absolute pride and joy. We're having a great time. And ever since we moved here, she's really, really been blossoming. I've been calling her, like, we've talked about it on the show, but this is your first episode. She's a COVID kid. Like, she was two when everything hit. She's four now. And so she really was, like, kind of poorly socialized. <laughs> no offense to her. She's smart and she's sweet and she's outgoing. But she just, like, didn't experience a lot uh, until we kind of came down here. We got in touch with nature and we found a good school and, and whatever. And we even went recently to somewhere really special that actually she wants to talk about. So I have kind of a, uh, a thing that I want to present to George. As someone who works at home, um, I call her my worst intern ever uh because she comes in she brings me drawings that i have to hang up behind me which is all great uh but she interrupts she asks for things and she wants to help she joins my meetings which is totally cool in my workplace which i really appreciate um but yeah she's my worst intern ever because i spend my work days on and off with her and so i want to present this this segment which is hopefully ongoing about veda's career uh, with me uh, called Worst Intern Ever. You want to check right. it out? Yep, let's do it. All right, cool. What's your name? Vera. And how old are you? Four. And do you know what we're doing right now? Uh, no. An interview. Can you say uh, interview? Interview. Mm-hmm. And do you go to school? Yeah. And who's your favorite friend? Um, Riley. Riley? Why? She's not stinky? Yeah. Uh-huh. And where did we all go together? Me, you, and Mommy went on a long car ride, and we went to go see... Punk Rock. Yeah, we went to go see Punk Rock. And what does that mean? So we went to the Punk Rock flea market, right? And what did you see there? Funny hair. What color? Red. And what else? Blue. Uh-huh, what else? Rainbow. What did they play? Guh. Cutters. Microphones. Microphones? Guns. You're very loud. Yeah? Yeah. And we wore our masks. Yeah. And we wore protective headphones. Yeah. Because we're responsible punk parents. Yeah, and they were very loud. Very, 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 very loud. Yeah, but you enjoyed yourself, right? Were you dancing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did everyone tell you they liked your vest? Yeah. Who, who made your vest? Ma, you. Me and Mommy, we studded it and spiked it and sewed it up before we left, right? Yeah. Do you want to do that again? Yeah. What happens this month? Christmas. Who comes on Christmas? Santa. What does he bring? Presents. Is he nice? Yeah. What does he look like? Santa Claus. He looks like Santa? <laughs> what color suit does he wear? Red. What color hair does he have? Wait. And is he bigger than daddy or smaller than daddy? Bigger. Bigger? Good. And is he older than daddy or younger than daddy? Older. Older? What are you going to ask Santa for? Presents. What kind? I know. You've been asking me about a robot. Yes, you know. What? No no robot unicorn? Yes. You want a robot unicorn? And they have one. Well, you have one. You want a better one, right? One that walks. Yeah. Yeah? Would that make you happy? Yeah. Where do you like living better, New York or Tennessee? Tennessee. What do you think about the Over My Dad podcast? Do you think it's a good show? Do you think it's good? Would you Would you listen? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. All right. Good talk. Bye, Veda. Say bye. Bye. I don't think she's the worst intern ever. 
performed pretty well in, in that interview, I have she's, to say. She's better than some interns I've had here at the office, let me tell you that. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, her enthusiasm is she actually completely recreates my, like, I have a standing desk with, you know, my, you see me right now, my headphones, my, my, good microphone in front of me which most people don't have uh and obviously my computer screens and everything and she actually fully like recreates that with her little baby microphone and her and it's so so That's funny great. um yeah punk so she wants to be just like me yeah yeah that was actually really cool so we went to like a very socially distant punk rock flea market which is always really cool it's like old records and vintage stuff and and some bands and 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 stuff and she had a, such a great time uh, she doesn't remember the last live music she saw, so oh, um, cute. she's she's all about it. Yeah, yeah. How great. how is the punk rock scene down there? Well, music is huge. There's so many stages in general in the yeah, Nashville, Nashville area, right? so like it's very easy to. But that 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 in with that said, it kind of gets a little diluted. Like I I think that it's hard to get people to come to your shows because there just are so many shows. So I think that like there aren't a lot of scenes. It's mostly more like commercial type stuff uh, or gigs at bars where you're just like a background band. There's not really like a too legitimate of a scene. Most of the bands play in like Knoxville one time and Georgia the next or whatever, because it's so scattered, at least within the kind of music that I, that I listen to, but are it's you, cool. There, there is stuff down here. Are you, are you getting into any country down there? I like country. Most of the country that they play down here is the stuff that I don't really. I don't really love like stadium country. I like like outlaw country, like Woody, like Woody Guthrie, and like old old stuff. Obviously Johnny Cash and stuff like that. Which, you know, that kind of stuff is down here. I haven't been to the Ryman Theater yet, where they they have the Grand Ole Opry for so long, but they have great great concerts there. I'd love to go. We um we were I I was always very against country like i was just not a country guy at all and then One of those categorical guys that was like anything i listen anything to everything country, country. that was in my extremist phases right back in the day uh but yeah then, then and then stuff would creep in like you know rascal flats and 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 stuff like that and I was, all right they're, they're, they're good and i gotta say these last couple of years and, and i haven't really gotten into any country artists but you know you're talking to a 90s rock guy and and since mm-hmm then right because 90s rock went away um i i then got into years later like classic rock and really like deep tracks right and so right. I, I become like a student of rock but like it makes me sad that there's not much rock that comes out anymore that's that's more mainstream you know and then i see like the country stuff that comes out and it's like all right like these these people are really trying to be like um rock artists and and in fact ever since i've gotten to know you like i've started listening to punk a little bit more just because like mm-hmm. it's there's rock there like it's just right like it's the ramones not... is a rock and roll the ramones is a rock and roll band you sure. know what i mean like like yeah and i i think that that's what's interesting about all the a lot of those genres is there's so much crossover like you listen to the country station and it's like a reggae beat a hip-hop yeah beat, a, well it's getting smart beat, you know, it's getting smart a little even garth brooks in the 90s was doing like kind of like metal riffs and stuff you know what yeah. i mean like and the thunder rolls. Remember that song? Yep. That yep. could have been a Metallica song. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> For sure. All, with pop, it's all crossover. I love there, it. There was this guy we saw on uh, uh, New Year's Eve when we were flipping through like the uh, the New Year's Eve countdown shows. Uh, Walker Hayes. I was just looking it up on my phone while we were talking. Um, mm-hmm. Walker Hayes had the song AA. Awesome song. It. Yeah, awesome. It's one of those like... You know, uh, uh, just like talking jive kind of songs, right? But really, really good. Like great beat. You know, I was going to ask you about speaking of music. Um, I don't know what genre these guys are. I haven't had a time to, haven't had time to dive into them yet. But they were on SNL last week. Have you ever heard of Bleachers? Yes, kind of like a hipster indie kind of group, right? They're kind of good. Like I, I heard yeah. in the background as I was watching SNL, I was like, oh, this is this is good. I have to dive into these people. Yeah. Uh, again like so much of that stuff just like crosses over and blurs lines and whatever especially the that kind of hipstery kind of stuff like too cool for school kind of stuff there's bands now that like a couple years ago were playing vfw halls for five dollars sunday matinees like the roughest atmosphere possible with the mosh pits and everything and now they're playing on like seth meyers and you know like because they they softened up a little bit and people like that kind of like fusion of pop and and different genres i love it yeah yeah it's crazy man 
You're listening to the Do-Gooder Dads, George Andriopoulos and Dave Thompson on the Over My Dad podcast. Speaking speaking of TV, uh, we gotta we gotta pay pay a little tribute here. I know we've, we've been waiting for this, but we gotta do a little obit for the great Bob Saget. Yeah, how crazy was that? It's just so random. I mean, Betty White, first of all, R.I.P. Incredible. Yeah. But like that that you know you never want to expect something, but that wasn't a surprise to anybody. Sure. Ironic, you know, ironic. A couple weeks shy of hundredth birthday, whatever. Right. But that that was big, but but less hard to swallow bob saget it's one of those people that like you might forget about for a couple of years or like not like kind of check in and say like what's bob saget up to you know what i mean but you don't think you're gonna lose him you know what i mean no and no, it's, not he- it's, he- it's, it's it's honestly pretty heavy for me as a couple so as, I, I guess it's a little bit different because you were probably like i don't know 12 or something when it came when that when full house and stuff came out or a little older than no obviously i was like eight right. well i grew up with mary kate and ashley same age as them exactly and like from the time i have memory at all was watching vhs tapes of home recorded full house episodes was watching tgif religiously you know yeah so same i was a tgf i think i told the story uh on this podcast of how i used to watch a a show called webster um Mm. on on channel seven in new york abc and I turned it on one day, and I think this was before Full House was on TGIF. It was on, like, Tuesday nights or something or Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. I turned it on, and there's this show with these two sisters fighting about their room. And I was like, what? And then the crazy best friend lives next door and the little baby. And I'm like, what is this garbage? Like, where's Webster? And then, you know, within, like, a year, I'm, like, addicted to the show. It's it's Full House, and it becomes my favorite show. I I would say it's, it's very hard. For a guy like me to pinpoint, like, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite show? Um, I have to say, overall, it, it's got to be my favorite show of all time. It has to be. It, it has to be. It was so influential to me growing up. And it's like that weird thing of, like, yeah, he's like a dad that, like, America's dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Really interesting. I, I've been thinking about it a little bit deeper. It's really interesting what they kind of did on that show with no, no mother figure and like kind of whereas most other sitcoms, the dad is kind of like comedic relief and less engaged with the kids overall and stuff. And like, oh, that's just dad kind of thing. This is about an extremely engaged, dedicated dad. And I don't know if they had to kill the mom off to make that happen, but like that's how they set it up. And I, I kind of see him and uncle jesse and joey as like through obviously three father figures but like this kind of trifurcation that's kind of triangle of like the silliness that comes with being a dad and like the hanging on to your youth in uncle jesse the rebellion like i i still need to be relevant kind of person and then danny tanner being like the uber responsible caring loving nerd just like sappy smushy loving nerd um with ocd undiagnosed Um, (laughs) yeah it's just it was a really interesting setup for a show and um i i know i got a lot out of it i mean i remember as someone who doesn't like mushy stuff i remember whenever they had their talks where like danny would sit on one of the kids beds and yeah the music music comes on um I remember like running into the other room because I couldn't stand I couldn't stand that stuff. I couldn't stand kissing scenes and stuff like that. But like, you know, they showed yeah, we're what... we're gonna dive into that in a future episode, but go ahead. Keep going. Okay. No, they they <laughs> they, sh- they they showed how coming from a place like even when a kid was in trouble, right? Yeah. And I don't think that this is typical in the nineties or eighties or seventies or whatever for American families. Coming from a place of support and like what do you need from me to get where I need you to be? is really important and they showed that you know what i mean and it i think kids were took a lot from that and when people say like him and i'd say him and robin williams kind of similar thing where people were saying like that's my tv dad that's my movie dad that's for a reason it's not just because they entertained us as kids it's because they they did something for us you know no, for mean? sure for sure and it was it was fluff some of it but like you have to put it in context like you said of when it was going on like Three single dudes raising three girls, 
you know? So you, first of all, you're dealing with grief. You're dealing with that weird dynamic of like, especially like in the 80s and going into the 90s of like mm-hmm. the dads at home doing the job of the dads and the moms. Um, you know, you're dealing with it. They, like you said, it was like this trifecta of like the three sides of a, you know, prototypical dad, good dad, mm-hmm. like all three sides of, of the dad and like how, you know, each side kind of was best suited to handle this situation or this situation, right? While still working and, and, you know, life happens and dating and the, and the whole thing, it was, you know, and yeah, like you said, I remember the episodes of like, and not, not that he was only encompassed in full house. Cause I'll, I'll talk about that a little more. Like he was just so much more than that, but, um, yeah, like I, I remember the episode where one of the, there was like a friend of one of the girls that was getting beat at home and, you know, she, told uncle jesse and he like you know called uh the the authorities and they handled it and um they just dealt with a lot of a lot of stuff so yeah so there's this kind of connection with if people out there listening to this don't know why you feel so in your feelings about bob saget passing away it really is like losing a family member a a dad a dad figure like that's who he was when we were growing up absolutely Absolutely. Which made it so weird, by the way, years later when, so now we're like, you know, the show's over in the early 90s, mm-hmm. I think it was like 93 it ended, uh, 93, 94, and then, all right, so now we're older and, you know, you, the internet comes and all these facts and everything, and now all of a sudden Bob Saget comes back a couple of years later with the book the dirty. dirty daddy and then he's yeah. his dirty comedy i remember his whole spiel was he used to do on his in his uh <laughs> in his act like i bleeped hold on what's the matter <laughs> i bleeped kimmy gibbler you know like <laughs> i mean is ba- and then you're like wait is this just like shock value and then you know you hear all the stories of behind the scenes and like he was always that guy, like, but right, he didn't sign up for that. Like he did, but like that that wasn't his dream to be Danny Tanner. He was just a comedian that got a gig, you know. It wasn't, and he was a he was a person with a lot of depth. But it, they, you know, even with that kind of uh, obscene kind of personality and that kind of part of his career, everyone spoke so so highly of oh, him. Oh, for sure. And I I actually have one really you know it's a stretch, but one weird personal connection to Bob Saget. So <laughs> when I was. uh I was a teenager. I was 19. My best friend that I grew up with, it was her 19th birthday. And we were doing what 19-year-olds do, kind of like hanging out, partying for my my uh, my friend's birthday. It was like five of us. And she gets a phone call. She had just finished up her freshman year at Iona College in, in Westchester. And she was home. She gets a phone call from her roommate, who I had met because I had visited once before. And it was like, you know, we figured it was a happy birthday phone call. She picks up. And this is, I'll explain, obviously, this is weird. It's Bob Saget on the phone. Bob Saget called my friend from her roommate's phone. The reason being was her friend was at a comedy show. Bob Saget showed up, did that whole thing that legends do where they show up and say, can I get 10 minutes, whatever. And And it was a tiny little show, like at the comedy store or something, I don't know. And said, whose birthday is it? Because he was going to roast somebody and no one raised their hand. So my friend's roommate was like, it's my roommate from college's birthday. And he called my best friend on the stage and he spent about 10 minutes on the phone with her. He had the entire audience sing happy birthday to her. And it was kind of hard to roast her because he was on the phone. He didn't know anything about her. But uh, it was just like this cool conversation where we were on speakerphone. He was on speakerphone with the audience. And it was like the weirdest, weirdest thing. We were all sitting in her Saturn and uh we named the saturn which she had just got i guess for her birthday we named it bob saget after that and Jeez. that's that's my little personal connection <laughs> um it's uh i i put together a couple of uh little fun facts about him um but uh i was going to say before i think what really like endeared me to this guy like after full house was over uh was like mm-hmm. i said with the advent of the internet and you just see all these fun facts about people you read news stories and then you know social media see how they interact with each other it was very cool to me to see 
that that family, that TV family, was real in real life. Like mm-hmm. they all st- like to to me there was there was such comfort in knowing that like not only were Danny Tanner and and Joey Gladstone and and Jessica Topolis best friends, but Bob Saget, Dave Coulier, and John Stamos were best friends. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and although they had a different relationship, they didn't necessarily have like the full on dad, uncle, daughter, niece mm-hmm. experience. They still had that relationship with the girls, but they were tight with the girls. Like they helped, you know, uh, during the girls up, upbringing on the show, like they, they just have this relationship and you see it after he passed and all these special messages that went out and everything like that. Um, I don't know why that brought me comfort to just know that like, that was like real, you know. It was like yeah. TV. TV is BS, right? Sometimes, but when you have a situation like that, um, I mean that that to me is why like that reboot that they did, the Fuller House reboot, was successful. Because by the way, it was a horrible show. I got like, thirty seconds into it. It was horrible, but it was so horrible that it was good. They handled the nostalgia uh, in in the right way. Like the story was good enough. They didn't reinvent the wheel. Like Full House started as Danny's wife died, his brother-in-law and best friend moved in to help raise the girls. Guess what? DJ's husband died, <laughs> and her sister and best friend moved in to help raise the kids. You know, like why mess with with perfection, right? But the the show wasn't necessarily great. But just seeing those dynamics again, knowing that they were kind of real in real life, like that's what was kind of cool. To me, you know, I agree. Um, anyway, so so a couple of cool facts about him, uh, either stuff I looked up or, or stuff that I knew. So we may have talked about this, but um, for those out there that, that don't know, he wasn't the original Danny Tanner. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I learned that in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. So so um, they wanted him, but he was and he and he tested for it and he tested like through the roof but he was committed to a show on cbs a sitcom and so they actually signed parker posey uh, who's been in like a million things and he's also the dad of tyler posey uh who was on the teen wolf show on mtv um and the pilot was with parker posey and that's like if you watch it on any of the streaming platforms, if you actually the DVDs I have, it's the exact same pilot where the guys move in and everything just with a different dude. And you watch it and it's like, Oh my God, thank God they went back. And then by, as luck would have it, um, the pilot, the the show that he was going to be on on CBS got canceled. And that's how we got, you know, he called them up and they're like, yes, please come back. I can't picture it working with anybody else besides him. No, it was weird with Parker Posey. And there was nothing wrong with the guy, but it's just, I'm sure had he done it and it continued, it would have been fine. But it's just like how, who else could be Danny Tanner, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. What's some of the other stuff? So uh, his sister passing. So the guys had, I think one of the things that I had read that made them really close was that um, they all lost their moms. Um, I think while on the show, um, but also he lost his sister as did Dave Coulier and his sister died of scleroderma. Um, and he became a huge, huge, huge figure in the scleroderma, uh, nonprofit world. Uh, he joined Mm -hmm. the the board of the scleroderma research foundation. I think it's called, uh, and he's been on for literally like 30 years, does this huge fundraiser every year. Like he's done so much work. Um, for finding a cure for scleroderma, which has been huge, huge uh, in that world from what I read. Um, Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Actually, I found this cool, like, uh, uh, website that had a link. It was diply.com that had, like, 20 fun facts about him. So we could just post that in the show notes if anybody wants to read uh, any of the other fun facts. But rest in peace, Bob Saget. Amazing dude. Last night, in preparation for this, while I was doing some work, I listened to, they posted the final episode of um, his podcast, Bob Saget. Uh, Bob Saget's Here For You, which I, I listened to um, religiously, and uh, they had Margaret Cho on. So, uh, Oh, I, I got to listen to that. Yeah, it was great. They actually had Bill Burr came on, who was one of his comedy buddies, and, and did uh, you know the intro for it. Um, 
But yeah, oh, he, because it, it wasn't finished. Yeah, no, the the interview finished, but it, they just did like like they announced like this is the final episode of the podcast, and uh, they're not wow. going to put out anymore. So yeah, it was uh, it was cool, and just reading all the stuff that's been out there, obviously from all the the people that were on Full House are like literally like broken and it's family. Uh, but just reading from like the comedy world, like all the all the uh, the messages that have been put up, it's it's pretty cool to see. Like you just know what kind of person the guy was, you know, from that. Yeah, and it kind of unites a lot of way different people together under one kind of thing. Like I don't really like sports, but I think it's really interesting how sports can like unite whole popu- huge populations sure. of people who are very different. You know what I mean? Sure. Like this is even more universal than that. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Non political non-partisan it's just like everyone gets down with full house and family matters and like <laughs> everyone from a certain age at least yeah. so um very very cool and you know as sad as it is it's been very kind of reinforcing to me to say like yeah we've all kind of done this together you know what i mean this is this is part of the american fabric it's yeah interesting and if you want to and we can post this in the show notes so if you want to see if you don't know much about the guy and you really want to see who he is i'm going to post a link to a video um that a lot of the <coughs> cast members of fuller house the newer uh iteration on netflix uh they posted a speech that he made a video of a speech that he made um at the last read through when they did like the final episode a couple of years ago of fuller house too um just such an amazing speech acknowledging the old show and and the new show and the new actors and the old actors and if you want to see what kind of guy he is uh i'll I'll post that video but rest in peace bob saget i'm glad you mentioned betty white too because this is one of those things where this is like farrah fawcett and michael jackson all over again farrah fawcett died the morning that michael jackson died now farrah fawcett was a huge deal back in the day that would have been a headline that would have been a front page thing by itself right and then Michael Jackson died, and everybody forgot about it. Like, unfortunately, you I know. know it's amazing. It's like it's like how um, there were some albums released on nine eleven two thousand one, and like those albums did not do good. Yep, <laughs> you know what I mean because people were concentrating on other things. Yep, um, it, it's yeah, it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, Betty White was another huge figure, and and someone that I really, I mean. My mom has two sisters, and we call them the Golden Girls. The Golden and I really, see, I really think of them as like grand grandmotherly figures. You know what I mean? So that I'm not familiar with her besides that, to be honest. And I know that she had a huge career, and in, including like uh, advocacy for animals and things like that. So she was an incredible person. Really, she cool. did. Yeah, she was on the board of the San Diego Zoo for like 50 years or something like that. Wow crazy but yeah and i also have golden girl socks by the way that i got for my 40th birthday from a friend because it's one of my favorite shows make make sure you thank them for being a friend all right you want to do some fish tank yeah we haven't done this in a while fish tank failures fish tank Uh, failures they're not all failures i think some of these got legs george i'm gonna say it again some of these may have legs but the show overall is a failure i believe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right you had a bunch so you once you dive in all right cool um this one i actually saw in a meme um it's not my idea but I, I love it uh you know a lot of millennials and younger we don't like picking up the phone the phone is like over it's like why aren't you texting me right they say caller id is not enough we need caller justification to pop up on your phone when you're calling <laughs> caller justification I think that that, it's not a snazzy name or anything like that, but I think that that's a really good idea. Like you have to enter in, you know, it would work like you you bring up your contact, you're about to call, but you have to like type in basically like a text to begin the call that says like regarding this. What do you think? I I personally would use that because I'm the guy, I'm not going to, give me any details on this because I don't want anybody to get offended. But last night was a perfect example of I'm in the middle of doing work next door. Like I'm framing a wall. My hands are full of, you know, sawdust and and splinters. And I just have so much going on. I'm on a timeline and my phone rings and it's a person that, you know, on a normal day, like I'd be like fine to talk to or whatever, but I knew it was going to be like a BS Probably a quick call, stuff I don't really want to deal with, 
like mm-hmm. from my vol- volunteer side of things I do and just wrong timing. So in that moment, I was thinking in my head, like, you better have a really damn good reason to be calling me right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. If a justification note would have come through, I would have been like, okay, all right, I get it. I get it. I'll take this. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just I a like that. That's a good one. I, I, think, I think that it's coming, too. I think that that is something that makes a lot of sense, and yeah. I'm all for it. All right, I got one for you. So I don't have a snazzy name for this, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace the Cs with Ks just to make it cool. But I call this cleaning crew with a K, right? Cleaning with a K, crew with a K. So Mm -hmm. this is a couple of ideas rolled into one. So I'm going to say that I've I've gotten this from like those like spy, assassin, killer movies. It, It was the start of this. You know, like, have you ever seen John Wick? Uh, no, actually, I need to. Huge oh Keanu gosh. fan. I haven't seen them. No. Oh, you have to watch those. So, so I think I can't think of the other movies, but I know there's been other movies where, like, let's say, like, just something happened. A bunch of people get like murdered or whatever, and then they call like the the cleaner in, right? And the cleaner just comes in and oh, takes care of everything, kind of, right? That kind of cleaning. Yeah, but for me, in real life, like, there are moments. You ever get into? And I'm going to say right now, just because I'm in this like construction project right now, I do a good day's work, but then there's like an hour of cleanup at the end, right? Mm -hmm. That you have to do. So not a cleaning crew, like they would just come to your house and just clean. Like normally this is like any kind of mess you get in, right? Whether you're doing a bunch of work and you have to make a mess doing the work or like dinner, right? Like a huge family dinner and then there's like two hours of dishes and cleaning afterwards. Right. That. Like a, just a crew that would come in, boom, they don't talk to you, no questions asked. Right, and no. they don't like they don't like dust. This is to get rid of an acute problem that's Correct. Right in front of you. Correct. Yes. And Love and that. also on the John Wick side, if you did a murder, right? Right. Sure. They handle that too. That's extra. Well, I, I, I actually already pitched a similar idea where it was magicians doing it and it was called abracadaver i don't know if you remember yes, that yes correct <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how that didn't come right to my head but <laughs> <laughs> all right you go all right i'm next okay this is mine this one's mine um this is I, this idea isn't fully fleshed out i'm more of a, of a of a branding guy like i think of a good name and then i retroactively think of what the product actually does yeah. right so as someone of um, Jewish heritage, um, there's a lot of food, a lot of food given, a lot of food made for people, a lot of like, come in, eat, eat, you know, and including like when there's, you know, God forbid there's a death in the family, you're sitting Shiva, people sure. bring you locks and bagels and whatever. So my now there's all these like monthly boxes or the other day for the holidays, one of my staff sent me like a really nice uh, on ice, like a... a from uh cookies from a bakery in brooklyn you know like there's all these like gold belly and all these services so this one's called hologram (laughs) hologram hologram so so hologram is obviously it's hollow bread and all the and and then all the other essentials that come with like a good jewish spread you know what i'm saying yeah um and then i was thinking like and then i got into it i had to consult with my mom to see if this was too dark but like should there be a hologram of some sort what would that what would an hologram what would an appropriate hologram be we were talking about shiva should it be a hologram of your dead relative and then we were like no no that doesn't work at all um no actual hologram (laughs) needed for the hologram All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a lachayim and let's move on from that one. <laughs> All right, here's my my second and final one for today. So, um, so so this is called this one is called not tonight, Satan. Right, um, mm. but this is a bed divider for lots of purposes. Right, but it's it's a pop up bed divider. Right, so those of us with partners in life, we know. That sleeping can get a little hairy sometimes with a partner. People have different sleep patterns, whatever. Um, We are about to go into third trimester territory here in this this pregnancy, which means that the dreaded body pillow is coming out soon, which, if it were up to me, would have been burned and gone in the dumpster Mm -hmm. after after the last baby came. But this body pillow, as if my wife doesn't take up enough room on the bed. And I'm not talking about 
surface area wise of her body because she's a tiny little person, right? Mm -hmm. But on any given night, if you did the drone footage of our bedroom, it's I'm on the very edge of the bed Mm -hmm. falling off and she is right up against me with about three feet to her left, right? So Mm -hmm. when that body pillow comes out, there is literally no room on the bed for me anymore. So this not tonight Satan. Not tonight Elect- Satan would be it's a split it's like a split mattress with a divider that pops up, but it comes up ever so gently so that you can almost like if they're already sleeping in that position, it's slowly coming kind of roll up them and up, it kind of gonna roll them off. Rolls. And look, if they fall off, okay. Lesson mm-hmm. learned. But right. not tonight, Satan. I like that. I like that. And that would be useful, like you said, for a number of reasons. So when your kid jumps in the bed with you or whatever, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think that there are some adaptive products like that, but nothing like Alexa enabled like you're picturing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I picture doing the whisper because, you know, Alexa whispers too, right? Doing mm-hmm. the whisper at night and go, Alexa, not tonight, Satan. And then all of a sudden, Ooh. and then when the baby... The few nights we don't like to sleep with the baby ever, but there are nights when she's sick and whatever. You got to have her in the bed. When the baby's in there, you want to put the divider up. Whichever side the baby falls onto, that's the person that has to take care of her for the night. Yeah, because it's a fifty-fifty shot at that point. I love that. That's perfect. Yeah, tonight's Good for you. Yeah, I like that one. I think it's got legs. Definitely. <laughs> um, or lawsuits. Right. Either way. All right, I, I I think this will be my last one. I have a few more in 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 development. What, so there's alpha testing, there's alpha, then there's beta testing. What's before all that? Like, <laughs> what's, like what's this? Like, I don't, what, Fish tank yeah, failures is before all that. I, I, like like I don't. What what's a, what's it called in Latin when you don't know if you should say it out loud yet? Whatever that is. <laughs> First of um, all, I'm going to take offense to that because Alpha and Beta are both Greek. But go ahead. Keep going. Oh, whatever. <laughs> hey, I got with your whole Jewish thing. Get with the Greek thing, all right? All right. No, I'm down. I'm down. Gyros are gyros are great. Um, so you've heard of Shazam when you were like, oh, what's this? Who's this song by? This is nice. Yeah, Shazam. I see a bit. I don't have a cool name for this or whatever. And this is real. Like, you know google image search and stuff is getting really amazing with like being able you can take a picture of something on amazon they get to show it to you for sale when you don't know what the thing is called right like this kind of technology is 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 available shazam is really cool but i think we should take it a step further i see a need for a shazam for just general noises like a wtf was that sound shazam i like that i've told you that i have woods next to me in my house and i'm like was that a reptile? Was that a mammal? Was that a human? Like, yeah. what was that sound? You will that'll ruin your night. Yeah, you know, it took me a while to figure out there was coyotes like yipping oh. in our woods, and they they, they sound kind of like like hyenas, like they're laughing. Yep. And I eventually like described it somehow on Google, but like describing sounds with words just doesn't work. <laughs> I think that you need to like record an example of it, and it's like analyzing coyotes like imagine how cool that would be in your house something drops in the middle of the night and they're like textbook first floor no that's good off off piano yeah i like that also i'm glad to know that coyotes yip like that's that's their sound yipping it's a very maniacal sound it's not comfortable at all i wouldn't know i'm gonna use that in the next children's book that i read my daughter that has animal sound i always i don't know if you do this but when you, when they're of that age where you're doing the animal sounds in the books, I make up sounds for ones I don't oh, know. Yeah, well, she, like, she tells me the other day. She tells me the other day, do a giraffe. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Do a rabbit? Do a giraffe? Do a fox? <laughs> like, I I can't do that. <laughs> you want to know something? Mine. She has a book. Uh, I got to bring this on next time. She has a book where there's uh uh. It's it's like the lines are like elephant elephant. What do you hear? Uh, I mm-hmm. hear a boa constrictor hissing in my ear. Right, so I'll do it like one after the. So I got to make up a voice for the animal. So the elephant is elephant is usually like this. I hear a boa constrictor hissing in my ear. <laughs> so that one works. But then we get to like peacock, <laughs> and, I, 
And then for some reason, I do it in like this Australian voice, and I'm like, I hear a peacock yelling. Uh, I hear a peacock yelling in my ear. Peacock. <laughs> That's not what they do. I know, but my daughter will peacock. grow up thinking that peacocks go peacock. <laughs> you know, she, she's like in school. She's like, uh, you know why they call them peacocks, right? Peacock. <laughs> oh, dude, don't get me started on stuff that parents teach our kids that, that they don't fix. I am the son of two immigrants, and there were words that I did not know until I was in my teens or 20s that were being pronounced wrong. Right. I, I'll give you one example. There's a, uh, there's this, some, you know, Greek parents, whatever. And um, there's this group that every summer since I was a kid, since I could remember, uh, would have this big picnic um, on Long Island, a little bit further east, not too far east, but, um, Big picnic, it was some, some Greek like club or something like that would do their annual picnic at Sunken Meadow. And we used to look forward to it because we'd go to the, the, the beach and, and whatever. So every year I would hear my dad going like, okay, next weekend is uh, we go to Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. That every single year. And it was Sunken Meadow? It was Sunken Meadow. I used like to Sacramento. I used to pronounce it Sacramento because I thought that's where... <laughs> That not not that I thought it was Sacramento like across the, the the country, but like I just thought it was another thing called Sacramento. So I used to go mm -hmm. sac sac. So I but I wasn't sure. So I would toe the line, and this was before you know the internet and you're looking things up. I would toe the line between. I would just kind of pronounce it in my dad's accent like Sacramento, 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 until one day. You actually look at the signs when you're driving there. And I, I remember I was driving there with my cousin when he was old enough to drive. And we pulled up. I go, it's Sunken Meadow. <laughs> That's awesome. We had a million of those. A million of those. Oh, my goodness. I love it. <laughs> so good. I, yeah. It's always a matter of, like, what do, you cor what do you correct and what do you don't? I mean, the immigrant parents and English as a second language thing is a totally different thing. But, like, what do you correct versus what do you not? Because it's cute also, you know? Is, is is always like a battle that i have like i'm just gonna let her keep saying that because it's great yeah you know you want to learn on her own you want to know one that i did to my kids mm -hmm. that i have not corrected yet i and i don't think that i don't think they know it's corrected because i have as recently as months ago under a year ago heard this song on my radio and asked my son my son to sing the song and it's Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5. Oh, I think you told me this. Yeah, and my kids, when the first when the song first came out, they're, they're little, right? And they would say, I got to move my jacket. I got to move right, my jacket. Yes. Love that. I never corrected them. I would just always sing Move My Jacket. And I think to this day, they still think the words are Move My Jacket. My, Is that my bad kid. that I haven't corrected them? No, I think that's a harmless one. They're 13 my, and 11, by the way. This could literally kid. ruin their social lives, but go yeah, ahead. but that's not a thing that they're going to say all the time. It's, yeah. a, it's a, just a song. My kid thinks that when you least, the, the saying, when I least expect it, means I want to be tickled. Because she would be say, tickle me, tickle me. And I'd say, no, no, I'm going to get you when you least expect it. And then now she goes, I least expect it. <laughs> so that I so that I tickle her, so now she just comes up to me and she's like, "Daddy, I least expected." <laughs> Don't ever correct means, her. She thinks that means tickle me, which is the sweetest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> so I'm never, yeah, I'm gonna see how long I can make that one last. <laughs> That's great. All right, man, let's wrap this up. Cool. See you soon. We'll see you next time, guys. Fake drums, fake drums, fake drums, fake drums. Where the people look. Thanks for tuning into the show, guys. The Over My Dad podcast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by Dave Thompson and George Andriopoulos. Theme song by Particle House featuring Ryan Gilmore. Music and sound effects licensed through Epidemic Sound. 
Over My Dad podcast is hosted with Podbean. Catch us every other Wednesday morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are available. And please do not forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Over My Dad Podcast and on Twitter at Over My Dad Pod CST. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available. And guys, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Please be nice to us. Visit our website and follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Later, guys.